What's up, everybody? Welcome to the 4040 Vision podcast. I'm your host, Khaled Abdallah, and I'm joined today by my fellow host, Solman Huck. We're excited to bring another NBA redraft to you, so let's jump right in. Today, we are redrafting the 2010 NBA draft lottery. So I know this was uh, quite a while back, and some of these guys aren't even uh, active players anymore, which I'm sure will factor into our decisions on where they they end up uh, in our redraft. So uh, if you're not familiar with the format so far, uh, we're going to you know announce the pick, the uh, the actual pick from real life, and then Bobby and I, sorry, Salman and I, uh, will uh, take turns essentially saying who we would have drafted instead uh, and explain why. So uh, without further ado, let's let's jump right in. So. Uh, with the first overall pick, the Washington Wizards selected uh, point guard John Wall out of Kentucky. So who did you have them taking uh, with the first overall pick? Yeah, I had them going Paul George, who to me is clearly the best player in the draft. And, you know, still even to this day is a relatively productive player. So he has longevity there. And, you know, he would have just become a foundational piece there for the Wizards. And, you know, maybe he's not he's, he's not as injury prone as John Wall, though he did miss some time. He's been missing some time lately. But I think he would have really, you know, built, become a building block, would have been a good, nice fit. And uh, when I think the next year or the year after that, they would go and get Bradley Beal. So there would have been two, you know, solid guys they have there and maybe not as much clashing between Beal and Wall that you saw in those later years. Yeah, I had I had the same pick. Um, I mean, he's the best player in this draft. He uh, has the most points. Uh, I believe you know close to uh, most rebounds, uh, most minutes played, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, so he's an excellent player. What What's really cool about Paul George is he's kind of had we've had like different versions of him. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had like you know the Indiana Pacers uh, Paul George when they were kind of the, the second best, always second best team in the East uh, during the Heatles run when LeBron, LeBron and D-Wade were in Miami. Uh, and we get like the short run uh, of him as, you know, OKC Paul George. And then now we get LA Clippers Paul George, who's just, you know, all around great player. I know he gets a lot of shit uh, on social media, uh, people calling him Pandemic P and all that, <laughs> and all the jokes about um, him not being clutch, uh, especially because that Gatorade commercial. But he's a really good player. He's all NBA uh, a few times. He's just, you know, uh, he has had some health issues, but I think it's it's an easy pick uh, for the Wizards and a franchise-altering type pick for them. Absolutely. All right. Next up, we have uh, the Philadelphia 76ers with the second overall pick. They selected uh, Evan Turner uh, out of Ohio State, so small forward, power forward, shooting guard, uh, really all over the place. Uh, so who did you have the Sixers taking with the second pick? Yeah, I had him actually going John Wall here. So, you know, obviously when healthy, John Wall was pretty, pretty good talent. Uh, you know, he's fallen off a little bit in these twilight years of his, but trying to make a resurgence here with the Clippers. But, you know, I thought that would give him a nice pairing with Drew Holiday. And then, you know, in 2013, they don't end up drafting MCW. And then also he's a nice fit next to this young Iguodala. Um, so it gives the Sixers, you know, guys that can just run the court and just really a solid backcourt. And maybe they don't trade Drew Holiday either. So I think that that would have been a good pick for the Sixers and a lot of talent on that team. Okay. Makes sense. Um, I'm high on John Wall, but um, I actually had uh, DeMarcus Cousins here uh, for the Sixers uh, going second overall. Um, 
not much of a drop or not much of a jump up from him for him. He went fifth overall. Uh, I think he's a really good player. Um, he just suffered a lot in Sacramento with a bad front office. Uh, not like Philly is that much better, but this was pre you know process. So I think they would have taken better care of him. He would have been a nice uh, one, two punch with, with Elton brand in the front court. I think right before this draft, they traded for Spencer Hawes, ironically mm. from Sacramento. Um, so, but I think maybe if they had uh, Boogie Cousins, you know, circled at that number two pick, they don't make that trade because he can he can play center for them. Um, and I think you know, I'm just I'm a big fan. Um, you know, I think he's gotten a bad rap for his personality, and I think he's just he's an incredible player when healthy. And I feel really bad for him the way things have gone for him the, the past few years. Yeah, man, things went downhill for him as, uh, right after he tore that Achilles, right, in uh, New Orleans. So it's been, yeah, it's been a, yeah, that's right. uphill Achilles. battle for him since then. That I think that's where, that's like that's the turning point of his career was his tearing his Achilles. And then yeah, he, Achilles, then the ACL. And the think, ACL, uh, right, yeah, yeah. You know, he, had, uh, he came close to a ring with the Warriors, which would have been nice. Uh, I remember hearing the news that they signed him. I think I was uh, like out shopping with my wife. I was at Ross or something. And I just start like laughing uncontrollably, like we do not boogie. We just got boogie. And she was like, looking at me like I was crazy. Um, <laughs> he obviously didn't play much. He didn't play season. much. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and he was like a shell of himself, but mm-hmm. uh, you know, it was, it was a fun idea when I, when I first heard it. So definitely a fun um, idea. I even, I even bought a shirt that had all the warriors depicted as the monsters and boogie was the fifth monster. I was like, Oh man, <laughs> this is a dope shirt. I got to buy that. But if, it, if it only we knew. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, so next up with the third overall pick, the uh, then New Jersey Nets select uh, power forward center uh, Derek Favors out of Georgia Tech. Who did you have them taking third overall? Yeah, I have them going Gordon Hayward. Obviously, there was a need for a score there in, uh, the, on the New Jersey Nets. And, you know, maybe they don't make the go ahead and make those trades for Joe Johnson and Gerald Wallace and, you know, give up future draft picks for that kind of stuff when they have a nice young score in Gordon Hayward though Derek favors was flipped in that Daron Williams trade. So maybe Gordon Hayward ends up in Utah anyways because of that trade. Uh, but you know, maybe, maybe the nets don't make that trade and they keep Hayward around and he's a nice centerpiece for that, for that franchise as they move to Brooklyn. Yeah. He's another guy that's had some, some serious injury issues, um, a lot of unlucky injuries. And then, I feel like once you get that one big injury, then everything else sort of follows and you're just going to keep getting hurt, uh, which is kind of a theme that we're seeing yeah, yeah. with this, uh, this top five. Uh, so I, I had uh, the Nets picking John Wall. Uh, so I'll, just a, a small drop for me from, you know, first overall to third overall. Uh, they had Devin Harris on the roster at this time, but he could play the two. Uh, they draft John Wall, and then they don't have to trade for uh, Darren Williams. I know Darren yep. Williams was, at this point, you know, perhaps the best point guard in the league, maybe one of the best. There was that D. Will CP3 conversation for a few years, uh, but uh, basically, this allows the Nets to build a little more organically and not have to trade uh, Harris and Favors for um, for Darren Williams and give up. I think they give up two future first, so. Yeah. It allows them to keep their guys uh, or their picks and and just build a better squad. Yeah, so. and also doesn't give us the core four that they introduced us to when they moved to Brooklyn. You remember the core four: Brooke Lopez, <laughs> Gerald. I'm like, what? You guys are calling this the core four? 
Yeah, they have to do something, I guess, to to yeah, get I guess. Uh, some eyes on the team. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so let's see. Uh, next up, the uh, Minnesota Timberwolves with the fourth overall pick selected uh, small forward Wesley Johnson out of Syracuse. Who did you have them taking fourth overall? Yeah, I have the Timberwolves actually going to Marcus Cousins. Uh, clearly, they needed a center. Uh, they were starting Darko Milicic at the time. So, you know, he's all, he already was a bust in his career at that point. And so, you know, obviously Cousins, instant upgrade to their offense, becomes the focal point of this team. He kind of becomes that young guy that could lead this team. And not much better of a situation in Sacramento, but may- maybe he does a little more there in, in Minnesota. But he, he did a lot in Sacramento, so he can't, can't honestly – uh, blame the guy, but maybe he doesn't request a trade out at the Devils build. Yeah, and I th- I think Flip Saunders was still the coach at this time. I think time. so. I believe so. Uh, we should just fact check that. But anyway, uh, yeah, not not too much better of a situation than Sacramento uh, for for Boogie if he goes to to Minnesota. So for me, obviously, uh, Boogie is not on the board anymore. So I had them taking Gordon Hayward. So we flipped our orders a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, they there's a clear need at center, like you said. They were starting Darko, but they picked um, you know a small forward essentially in uh, Wesley Johnson. And Gordon Hayward is about the same size as Wesley Johnson, same position, all that stuff, uh, but is a, a considerably better player, um, especially on the offensive side of the ball. So uh, yeah, I had Gordon Hayward going fourth to the Timberwolves. Yeah, yeah, it looks like we just uh, flipped the order of our top four, but yeah. And- What's crazy about Hayward is like, even with all the injuries that he's had, it seems like he hasn't played a full season in, I don't know, four or five years. It's been a while. Uh, he's still, you know, fourth in total points uh, uh, from this class, eighth in rebounds and fourth in assists. So he he does it all uh, and yeah. he does it all really well. Um, mm-hmm. And he's still a good player when, when healthy, but that's the big, big caveat. Yep. Yep. Okay. Oh, so. Speaking of DeMarcus Cousins, uh, with the fifth overall pick, the Sacramento Kings selected power forward center uh, DeMarcus Cousins out of the University of Kentucky. So he is not on the board uh, for either of us. So who did you have them take instead? Yeah, this is so when this draft starts getting a little dicey and you're like, damn, who do I start taking? Who's worthy of these top five picks? Uh, Because this was not a great draft. By no. (laughs) So (laughs) the top four is pretty clear. And then after that, there's a big I would say a pretty big drop off. Um, so yeah, I, I think Bledsoe. we we vary quite a bit in our picks, which is nice. Makes things yeah, interesting. I, I was looking at it. I think we we kind of went up. And, I mean, we had the same guys almost in the lottery, but there's there's some uh, variation there. There's some guys I left out, but we'll get yeah, there. just some guys we we uh, value differently, I guess. But yeah, so yeah, who did you have them take uh, instead of Boogie? Yeah, so I had him going Eric Bledsoe here. Uh, I thought there was a need at point guard for them. Um, I mean, they were kind of running Tyreek at point guard at this time. He's kind of going between point guard, shooting guard. Uh, the only other point guard on the roster was Bino Udre, who was okay. But obviously, Eric Bledsoe kind of upgrades that position for them. Uh, you know, he was played at a decently high level for the Clippers and then the Bucks and other teams he's been on. But, you know, I thought he'd be a nice pairing with Tyreek. Maybe not a great shooting backcourt, but uh, otherwise, that's a great defensive backcourt, a backcourt that can do pretty much everything else. Uh, but, you know, Tyreek quickly fizzled out of the league. I don't know. He had a cocaine problem or something like that, but you know, Eric Bledsoe would have been there longer term for the Kings. Yeah. I think he had some, some kind of drug problem and he was, he's working out for NBA teams, but, but hasn't um, made the the jump back. Um, I like Bledsoe. Um, I have him in my lottery, but a little later 
Um, so I had them taking uh, Greg Monroe. So uh, I know he's a bit of a dinosaur in this uh, <laughs> this era of the NBA, but remember this was you know 12 years ago uh, when post play was still considered, uh, I guess, like at a premium. Um, and they get the the second best offensive big man um, or offensive center in this draft. Uh, they miss out on Boogie. So, you know, Monroe's not a terrible, uh, you know, com- consolation. Maybe he doesn't have the same attitude issues that Boogie does, which obviously are kind of a product of, of organizational mismanagement and dysfunction. Uh, but I think, yeah, in, in 2010, he makes sense in this lottery. All right. Oh, this one is painful. <laughs> with the sixth overall pick, the uh, Warriors selected, I get small forward uh, slash power forward, uh, Ekpe Udo. I think at that, I think at that time he was being billed as a center. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, power forward center, not even small forward. Undersized uh, power forward center. I think he's six eight, six nine. Uh, I hated the pick at the time. Hundred percent, hundred percent hated it. <laughs> Uh, it didn't make sense to me then. It doesn't make sense to me now. Uh, but he was good in the tournament. I do remember that. Uh, so maybe they hoped he could he could uh, you know recreate some of that. But anyway, uh, who did you have the Warriors taking instead of uh, Udo? Yeah, I had them going Greg Monroe here. Clearly, they needed a center. They were starting. I think Anthony Randolph at center at this point. Like I don't know what they were doing. Um, so clearly, there was a need for a center. And you know, you outlined it, Greg Monroe pretty good offensive player could score could pass out of the post could rebound obviously defense was lacking for him but at that time that's what the dubs kind of needed a big man who could kind of come inside and score and do kind of that work for them though i wonder you know if they do take greg monroe do they end up making that andrew bogut trade which you know jump starts that dynasty but you know maybe they still move greg monroe because they did move ekpeudo in that trade so but overall it would have been a nice fit for the dubs at that time yeah, let's. Uh, I think they were starting Beedridge, uh, Andres Beedridge at center. Oh, Beedridge! Um, my God, but <laughs> we don't need to go down that that wormhole because I, I was thinking the same thing. Yeah, I, I know they went respect. between Randolph and Beedridge. That's what it was. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, obviously not a great uh, one-two punch at center. Uh, so yeah, I uh, I wouldn't go go down that that wormhole at least not on this pod. Uh, so. <laughs> I actually had them taking uh, Evan Turner. Um, so I'm, you know, no spoilers, I guess, but uh, you don't have him on your lottery. And I was very surprised. So I guess that is a spoiler, but I was really surprised <laughs> because uh, maybe I overrate him, but, um, you know, I thought he was always a pretty good player, uh, you know, brought some toughness to a team and he could play, you know, four out of the five positions pretty well, or maybe three out of five. Uh, and he's kind of a jack of all trades. Like he's, you know, ninth in points and rebounds uh, in this class and fifth in assists. Uh, so I think that that's got to mean something. Uh, but I guess we can talk about why you don't have him on your on your lottery a little later. Yeah, we'll do that. I'll get into it for you. All right. So with the seventh overall pick, the Detroit Pistons selected uh, center Greg Monroe out of Georgetown. Uh, so he is off the board in uh, both of our drafts. So who did you have the Pistons taking instead? Yeah, I still had him going center here. I had him selecting Hassan Whiteside. Uh, obviously, the Pistons still had Ben Wallace here and, you know, Rip Hamilton and Tayshaun Prince on the roster. So those guys could have been good role models for Whiteside, who was obviously a bit of a knucklehead in his earlier years. I think 
He went in the second round. Yeah, he went second round, pick 33 to the, I believe, the Kings at the, I believe it was yeah, the Kings. Yeah, but he, that's right. And then he he was out of the league in four years or something like that. And he was like in China and doing like, actually he was out of the league in one year and he was in like China for a couple of years. And then he kind of came back. And so I thought, you know, maybe white, white side, but we saw he has talent. He's a talented guy. He can, you know, rebound, clean the glass, uh, block shots, do kind of do that. And then also kind of give you somewhat of an offensive game. And so I thought, you know, maybe he just needed these guys like, you know, Ben Wallace and Rip Hamilton and Tayshawn Prince to kind of take the knucklehead out of him. But yeah, he was, uh, so he was on the Kings for two years, um, played 19 games. So not, yeah. not much at all. Um, and yeah, he played in Lebanon and China. So yeah. not exactly, uh, the highest of leagues, but then he just, you know, resurfaced in Miami a few years later and, and played pretty well. I um, mean, he's still in the league. Yeah. He still um, is. He's not, you know, he's not playing a lot of minutes, um, uh, but he's uh, a decent backup big for, for Utah. Uh, so yeah, that, that means something. Um, so I had them actually taking Derek favors. Um, so some of the same reasons that you gave about, you know, uh, them still needing a big man and, and needing someone to transition uh, after the, the Ben Wallace, you know, Rashid Wallace, Jason Prince era. Uh, so I just, I liked favors more than Whiteside. Um, obviously he's not as good defensively, but I think he's more mobile gives you a little more on the offensive side and maybe they uh, see that as an upside or an option because, you know, Ben Wallace isn't giving you anything on offense. So it might've been a nice uh, guy to bring off the bench. So yeah. All right. Next up, the uh, LA Clippers selected uh, Al Farouk Aminu out of Wake Forest with the eighth overall pick. Uh, so Aminu is still on the board for both of us. And who did you have the, the Clippers taking? Yeah, I had the Clippers sticking with this pick. I had him keeping El Farouk Aminu. Um, so, I mean, I did debate Derek Favors here. I was like, oh, maybe the Clippers could take Derek Favors, but they were already kind of stacked. They had Blake, they had DeAndre, uh, they had Chris Kamen out coming off the bench. So otherwise I would have gone Derek Favors, but there's clearly a need for the Clippers at either point guard or small forward at this time. And point guard, it didn't, seemed like a stretch here to pick up a point guard because after Eric Bledsoe, my goodness, the point guards in this draft are pretty bad. Um, yeah, and Eric Bledsoe ended up on the team anyway. He was he did. 18th overall to uh, yes, he did. OKC yeah, and then was traded. To exactly, the, the exactly. So, uh, so, you know, but their small forwards were, were bad. I mean, you, if you look at that roster, you couldn't even like, you would look at that roster and be like, damn, these are the small forwards. Like, they're not even like, they were out of the league in one or two years. So, Aminu, you know, pretty solid defender, you know, rebounder. He can kind of do it all. And he, I, I felt like he was a big defender, especially like, I mean, watching him in Portland when he was guarding, facing the Warriors and guarding Steph and stuff like that. And so he kind of developed into this 3 and D kind of dude. So for that reason, I just had the Clippers sticking with him. Yeah, I, I like him a lot. Um, I have him coming up a little later. So I actually had them taking uh, Patrick Patterson um, with this pick. Uh, he was he went 14th overall to the the Rockets, um, so a little bit of a jump here. Um, this is some outside of the box thinking, I think, on my part. Uh, but like you said, they they never had a good small forward. I mean, they had Matt Barnes kind of near the end of his career. Um, they had started Wesley Johnson, uh, Luke and Mute. So they they were constantly looking for uh, that that small forward that could give them some offensive punch. Um, and I know that. Patterson primarily played power forward with, you know, the Rockets and the Raptors. Um, 
but I think he ended up being a pretty good offensive player. He was a pretty good shooter. He actually didn't shoot, I think, any threes until his third year in the league, which shows kind of the, the transformation of the league towards more, you know, three and three, three and D type guys. But um, he ended up being a 36% three point shooter for his career, which is pretty good. Yeah. Uh, so I think he could have filled that role for them, um, especially during the Lob City era when, again, they were just starting these guys that that couldn't do much for them. So I don't know, some out of the box thinking, like I said, but what do you think of that? Yeah, that's not, that's interesting because. I mean, given the talent pool in this draft, I think Patrick Patterson is definitely a lottery guy and he'll come up on our board too, but definitely a guy who it was interesting because he wasn't known as a three-point shooter and he developed himself into a three-point shooter uh, by the time his career was kind of over here in the league. Is he, I don't, I think he's out of the league now. Yeah. I don't think so. I don't think he's still yeah. around, but yeah, but like yeah, he, yeah, I was, he, I, when I looked at his basketball reference, I was like, yeah, I remember him being a pretty good shooter, yeah. Uh, but yeah, he, he didn't shoot. 0.0 percent for the yeah. first two yeah he was, years he was mostly career. like a kind of drive and post up kind of dude in college and so to develop that three-point shot that's it's not a bad pick I, I could see it yeah so it's a credit to him for sure all right uh next up with the ninth overall pick the utah jazz select uh shooting guard small forward gordon hayward out of butler uh so obviously hayward is off the board uh in both of our drafts so who did you have them take instead? Yeah, I have the Jazz going Lance Stephenson here. Uh, who was Lance I, Stevenson? That's my guy. Steve, oh, yeah, <laughs> born ready, man. Born ready. That's that's his nickname. So I think he went 40th uh, in round two. So big jump for him here. But clearly the Jazz needed shooting guards. They Lance is a pretty talented guy. He could be a ball handler for them as well. And, you know, would pair nicely with Al Jefferson and AK-47 and Derone if the Jazz had kept Derone. So maybe maybe the Jazz are like, oh, we got a solid, you know, core here. And maybe we don't trade Derone, keep him. But obviously there were issues with coaching and stuff like that that pushed Derone away. But I, I thought, yeah, it made a lot of sense for the Jazz to take a shooting guard and maybe, you know, take some pressure off Derone there. Yeah, I, I debated this for a long time uh in my head i just uh i it makes sense on paper i just don't think uh it would have been a good like culture fit in, in utah he's just <laughs> maybe he's not maybe. a utah type player to me that's if, fair if you catch my meaning yeah uh, so especially with jerry sloan there yeah exactly i mean i know he had some uh some character issues i think um like an incident in high school nothing too crazy but um he always seemed to have some kind of attitude issues um, and I just couldn't see Utah taking him. Um, so for that reason, uh, Eric Bledsoe is still on my board. So I had them taking uh, Bledsoe. I know they still had, obviously, Darren Williams, uh, but that would have been a nice backcourt of him and Bledsoe. Uh, and, of course, if they do still end up trading away Darren Williams, um, they do get the point guard of the future, and they could have paired him with Devin Harris um, in this you know alternate uh, universe. So uh, I like Bledsoe. I think he's you know, a pretty good player. He does a lot. Uh, I think he's faded obviously in, in recent years, but uh, when he was happy and he was in the right situation, he was, he was a really good player. So that that's why uh, I had the jazz swoop him here. Yeah. I like it. All right. So with the 10th overall pick, the uh, Indiana Pacers select Paul George, uh, a small forward out of Fresno state. So Paul George went first overall uh, in our draft. So nice jump from 10th, uh, where he was originally selected. Uh, so who did you have them taking instead? Yeah, I had him going Derek Favors over here. So I thought, you know, 
10 is probably he started sliding a little bit on my board. And I was like, I can't, I can't put favors below 10 here. So he, I think he would have been a nice addition there to that uh, Indiana front court. He would have paired well with Hibbard and Granger, giving him some size in the front court. And, you know, he's, he's a, if you look at his kind of career averages, he's been a, he's almost a double, double guy. And he's, he's been kind of doing that every season in it, in and out double doubles almost every season. So, you know, good score, good rebounder. Uh, and I think he would have stayed in Indiana Pacer for quite some time and would have given that maybe that friend court guy that they needed after David West kind of left the team. Yeah. And this is still an era where playing two bigs uh, that can't really shoot uh, was still a thing. Um, so I, I, that makes, that's a good pick. I think it makes sense uh, making sense. Uh, it makes sense with, with a fit alongside Roy Hibbert, especially um, gives them a little more offensive versatility. Uh, so yeah, uh, Favors is off the board in my draft. So I actually had them taking Lance Stevenson. So uh, they obviously picked him um, later on in the draft, uh, 40th overall. Uh, so means that they liked him. They don't didn't care too much about his uh, character issues or his attitude. Uh, and if they knew what he would have done for them, which, you know, he was an important player during those, uh, again, during those, the Heatles era, uh, where the Pacers were, again, the second best team in the East pretty consistently. Um, I think they would have used the the 10th overall pick on him, especially with, with Paul George off the board. So in my world, uh, Born Ready is still a Pacer. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. All right. So next up, the uh, with the 11th overall pick, the uh, then New Orleans Hornets select uh, power forward center, Cole Aldrich out of Kansas. Um, so who did you have them taking? Yeah, I actually had them going Larry Sanders, who was taken number 15th in this draft. Uh, he's obviously, he didn't play a long time in the league. He played about six seasons, but man, what a defensive monster that guy was. He, I think his career average is two blocks a game. Uh, and, you know, he just would have been an upgrade over Emeka Okafor. And I think at this time, you know, they had CP3 and David West on the roster. So would have just given him a defensive force to kind of, you know, play behind CP3 and David West and, you know, maybe propelled them a little further in the playoffs, but man, Larry, I know, I know he only played six seasons, but I think he retired due to some mental health issues, things like that. But man, when he was playing, he was a pretty beastly of a defender. Yeah, he was really good. Uh, and like you said, he, he did have a shortened career uh, because of some mental health issues. I think he had some anxiety and depression. Um, so it's one of those guys that, just happened to be playing ball in the wrong era. You know, if he mm -hmm. was, you know, uh, a few years older, he, he would have been, you know, more understood. And maybe the team would have handled his issues with a little more uh, sensitivity, you know, thanks to guys like DeMar DeRozan and Kevin Love, um, who have made the, the mental health conversation uh, a little easier to have. Um, I did not have him on my board. Uh, I think, you know, in that, I, I still, uh, you know, think he would have had those same issues because, you know, nothing is changing. Um, I don't think playing on another team, you know, fixes your anxiety and your depression. Um, but yeah, I, I'm a big fan. I remember a few years back, the Warriors worked him out. Um, mm -hmm. There were some rumors that he was going to sign, uh, which I was really excited about. Obviously, it didn't work out. I um, mean, he's been out of the league for, for quite a while. I think he played in the big three league um, for a bit, but that didn't work out either. So yeah, uh, hopefully he's doing well in his mental life or his mental health and his personal life. But yeah. Um, so I had the Hornets picking Avery Bradley. Uh, so good player in his prime, 
great defender in his prime. I think him and Chris Paul would have made for a menacing defensive backcourt, uh, even if they're a little small. Uh, obviously, Chris Paul gets traded uh, shortly after this, I think the following year, the following summer uh, to the Clippers. But, uh, you know, I don't want to go down that wormhole of what happens <laughs> if they draft Bradley. But I think if the Hornets are are picking in this draft with the thought of keeping Chris Paul, um, I think this pick makes sense here. Yeah. I can see and I, I couldn't see him drop any further because he's he was really good uh in his prime and he was big on you know on the Celtics I mean, but, those few like years. Three years. What was that? I said his prime lasted like three years. Yeah. <laughs> I mean it's slim pickings here, man. Uh that's true. That's true. Yeah, hundred percent. It's slim pickings. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree. We're yeah, we're not talking cream of the crop here. Um, all right. So uh with the 12th overall pick, the Memphis Grizzlies selected Xavier Henry out of Kansas. Um, who did you have them picking here? Yeah, I had them going Patrick Patterson here. So like you said, great bench guy. I think he would have learned a lot being in Memphis, you know, sitting behind Zach Randolph would have developed that post game a little more would have, you know, had more time to work on his threes. Uh, one interesting thing about Patrick Patterson, when you're looking at, uh, an advanced metric, uh, the value or replacement player, he, he was surprisingly ninth in this draft class. So that was that was a shock for me to see him that high. I, I was like, oh, he was good, he was solid. Like, I guess there's just like maybe we just kind of forgot about how decent he was as a bench guy and a role player. So I was like, oh, okay, I gotta have him in the lottery here. So I had him going to Memphis where you could kind of sit and learn and maybe develop a little more. Yeah, he was kind of he was always like a do-it-all type dude. He's a box score stuffer, and those guys always, you know, contribute to winning uh when they're on good teams. They're like, you know, ceiling raisers versus floor raisers. Mm-hmm. And it's, it sounds stupid to say, but I had him on fantasy a couple times and I was like, oh, this guy's, he's putting up numbers, uh, right. you know, yeah. across all the categories, uh, like, you know, filling up that box score. So that's why I like him. I guess I like him a little better than you do, uh, but you still have him in the lottery and that's all that cap. That's all that matters. Um, so I had the uh, Grizzlies actually taking Hassan Whiteside. Um, so everything you said about, you know, him being a knucklehead and, and, uh, perhaps uh, getting some mentorship from, you know, Ben Wallace, Tayshawn Prince, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, basically the same situation in Memphis. Um, I think he would have been a good fit on that grit and grind team. Uh, he could have maybe gotten straightened out with some tough love from Zebo and Marc Gasol. Uh, and he would have been a nice third big for them. Um, and I think he would not have had to go play in China if he was on this team, because again, they would have made sure that, that he was on the straight and narrow and, and kept his attitude in check. Yeah, especially Zach Randolph there. Yeah, Zebo doesn't take shit from anybody, so he will. No, 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 no. And, he, and he's probably learned from his time on the Jailblazers. So yeah, that's right. <laughs> he learned everything not to do. Exactly. Uh, don't take uh, weed in a in a foil uh, foil package like David Sotomayor. <laughs> uh, I don't know what else these guys did, but yeah, the, the Jailblazers, one of the all time nicknames in uh, yeah sports history. <laughs> all right. Uh, so next up the. Uh, Toronto Raptors with the 13th overall pick uh, selected Ed Davis out of North Carolina. Uh, so who did you have them pick here? Yeah, I had him going Avery Bradley here. So, you know, gives them the solid wing defender that they were lacking, provides some defense, some shooting, uh, which the Raptors did not have at all in their backcourt at that time. Uh, I think they had Jose Calderon starting at point guard, great offensive player, but no, no defense whatsoever in that backcourt. So, you know, would have been a great six man eventually for them as well. Once, you know, kind of Lowry joined the team. So, you know, that would have been a pretty good lineup. You know, you could have gone Lowry, Bradley, 
the roles in as kind of a closeout lineup. So yeah, just a good uh, depth piece for them and maybe even a potential starter for them there. Yeah, uh, a nice three guard lineup with him, I guess. I don't even know if you consider uh, DeMar DeRozan a guard anymore. I think he played power forward. <laughs> he's, yeah, he's Bulls. been playing power forward for the Bulls. And I think for thing. the for the Spurs too, it's just a complete, might as well have been a different sport even, and, even 10 years ago. Yeah, um, I think the Raptors took him as a shooting guard. Yeah, he was playing, he's playing two guard. I mean, for a while, the whole, I think yeah. the whole time there, he was their two guard, uh, which makes sense given, given his skill set, but it's, it's a different, different game. Uh, so uh, Avery Bradley is off the board for me. So I had them taking uh, Al Farouk Aminu. Uh, so great nickname, the chief. Uh, I, I always liked him, uh, even when the Warriors were going up against him. Uh, he seems like a Raptors type player to me, right? He's, he's long, he's athletic, uh, decent enough shooter. Uh, he's versatile. He can play power forward and, and small forward. The Raptors were not a good team. They were playing Amir Johnson at power forward and Sonny Weems at small forward. If you said who to that name, yeah. <laughs> uh, so they could definitely have used an upgrade. Uh, and yeah, I just, I like him as a player. I, I like those guys who are kind of the junkyard dogs. They can do it all. Uh, they won't, you know, change the course of a, a, a series or anything for you, but I think he's just a, a good enough player. And at this point in the draft, you, you can take good enough uh, with the 13th overall pick. Yeah. I mean, he's basically uh, the 2010 version of OG Anobi, right? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. And that's, that's again, why, I mean, they, they like these foreign dudes or dudes with foreign names. So <laughs> Siakam, yep. I don't know, <laughs> Aminu, it, it all fits. There you go. Uh, all, in Toronto. Yep. All right. And with the uh, last pick of the lottery, so the 14th overall pick, the uh, Houston Rockets, Houston Rockets selected uh, power forward center, Patrick Patterson out of Kentucky. So he's off the board for both of us. So who did you have them taking instead? Yeah, I had the Rockets actually going Ed Davis here. Uh, obviously a solid rebounder off the bench. And I think that's kind of what they were looking for when they took Patrick Patterson to have some bench scoring and bench rebounding. So, you know, he would have been a guy that comes off the bench and, you know, plays off behind Luis Scola and Yao Ming and, you know, just a good, decent defender, rim protector, and, you know, just gives that max effort there. And he would have fit in nicely there with the Rockets. Yeah, he was he was on the bubble for me. Um, mm -hmm. I, I almost had him in, uh, but then I saw some dollar signs in my eyes and I have them picking somebody, an undrafted player, actually. Uh, so Jeremy <laughs> Lin, I had them taking Jeremy Lin with the 14th overall pick. So Lin Sanity, uh, you know, the organization at this point, they had some issues with Kyle Lowry, who's their current starting point guard. Uh, they ended up trading him essentially for salary cap reasons. Um, and you know, those dollar signs are flashing because they already have Yao Ming, who's a huge marketing asset for them in China. So why not double down on a, on a good enough player in Jeremy Lin, which is, you know, eventually what they did, you know, because he ended yep. up on the Rockets anyway, I think two years later um, and played, you know, two full seasons for them before moving on. So, uh, yeah, I mean, Ed Davis or Jeremy Lin, I think you take you take a little bit of a chance on Jeremy Lin. I think he had a pretty high ceiling. I think a lot of teams believed in him. I think the Nets saw him as a, a building block type piece uh, before he got hurt. So, yeah, I, I always liked him. Big fan. And I hope, I, I think his NBA career is done, but I know he's still trying to hang around. You know, I think he played in the G League last year for the, for the Santa Cruz Warriors. So he's still around the game. So, yeah. 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 I, I think he's done career wise. Uh, 
I think, ironically enough, he probably played with the Rockets summer league before he went on to New York. I think that he played with the Warriors and the Rockets, I think, at some point in their summer leagues or their G League teams at some point before he went on to New York. So they, I think the Rockets did cut him, and then they're like, oh, crap. Like, after Linsanity, they're like, we want him back. We want him back. Yeah, right. they, I think they gave him, like, the poison pill contract, too, at that point. Yeah, and I think the Knicks uh, and Carmelo were happy to see him leave. Yeah, at least so Carmelo like, was. Carmelo definitely was like, damn, this guy stole my – still my stardom man get him get him out of here bro yeah i mean i was i was living in new jersey um or north jersey at the time of lynn sanity so i was like around for it and i just remember people going crazy man he, they were on tv every night it was must see tv yeah uh, and then carmelo came back from injury and it was, <laughs> he's like bro go to the bench learn yeah, your role. right he's like wait this is my team bro get out of here yeah uh, yeah and it was over you know as soon as it started so uh yeah i always had a soft spot for him um sure. because of that all right so those are our lottery picks um there were some honorable mentions some some guys on the bubble so who did you have on your bubble yeah uh jeremy lynn was one obviously undrafted guy like you said blew up with insanity uh he was there he was there he was in in the back half considered for some of those spots trevor booker was another one he i think was a first round pick uh went 23 overall you know another kind of power forward very much in the mold of Patrick Patterson. Uh, could kind of do a few things here and there, but Devin Booker, Devin Booker's brother, apparently. I did not oh, know. Oh, really? That. Yeah. Really? Okay. I had no clue Trevor Booker was his brother. I thought that's what basketball was... reference told me. I hope they're not really. And someone <laughs> might have accidentally slipped that in there. I... Yeah. Right. You know, if I remember Trevor Booker, he looks nothing like Devin Booker. Uh, I don't know, man. Uh, take it up <laughs> with the guys at uh, we'll have, basketball. We'll have to fact check that later. Yeah. Fact check that later. <laughs> Uh, another guy was Ish Smith, obviously another solid, you know, point guard. I think he went undrafted here. Uh, yeah, he also undrafted. Yeah. Uh, and then the last guy, Namjan Bialitsa. Um, he went in the second <laughs> round here. Nemanja. Yeah, whatever. Butchered his first name, but got his last name right. Got his last name right. Uh, NBA champion with the, the uh, NBA Warriors, champion, right? man. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, I think he he was in the mix here, but. I do remember that he didn't come into the league until like a few years after this draft. He was kind of like a stash in the Euro, he was stashed in the Euro League, so he came out in like three, four years later. So that's I think that dropped him for me. But obviously, you know, once he got into the NBA, he was a great shooter, a great scorer. So definitely, yeah, I, I always liked him, even even on the when he was on the Kings uh, for those few years. So I was happy, obviously, when the Warriors signed him, and it ended up working out pretty well. He's a, a yeah, he's solid a, guy. a nice contributor in the finals. So. Um, I had a lot of the same um, honorable mentions. I had uh, Ish Smith, who I've always liked. Um, he's kind of just that that like point guard, just that typical pro, prototypical backup point guard. Like he's not going to win you games. He's not going to lose you games. He's just kind of around. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's played like on every team in the league. I think he's played on 10 different teams. Um, so they'd be a nice trivia question, but I always liked him. Uh, Gravis Vasquez, I had him. Yeah, I thought about it, but not not too long. Uh, same thing with with Jordan Crawford and Landry Fields. They're both like useful NBA players, um, you know, in their roles. But I didn't give them too much thought. Um, Larry Sanders. So I know you had him in your lottery. Um, I just because of the the issues, I couldn't make that leap. But uh, obviously, one of the most talented players in this draft. I think we can say that uh, with some confidence. And then, of course, uh, last but not least, my guy Boban. So he was in this draft, uh, or uh, he, was. he was actually either, either drafted or undrafted. In this, I think he was undrafted he was in this class. Um, yeah, sorry, undrafted, but he was part of this class. 
um, didn't make his NBA debut for another five or six years, I think, uh, with the Spurs. Uh, but you know, he's one of the all-time you know personalities in the NBA. He's still around, so I, I feel like you're just drafting him. him for his personality. I mean, if you think if you take Boban now and what he does and put him in 2010 NBA, like he's he's killing it. I don't know if he's but. killing it. He's getting some run. I'll give you that. He'll get. He's getting some run. Yeah, he's not doing anything now, but yeah, he's a good dude. Looks seems like a good good locker room guy. Uh, so uh, all the credit goes to him. Uh, all right, so those are honorable mentions. Um, so let's we're gonna we're gonna take a quick look at the guys that were not redrafted. Uh, so there's some variation here. Obviously, uh, you know, for example, Evan Turner was one of the guys that was not drafted by you, but I still had him in my lottery. Uh, so I think he had a really high ceiling. He was a do it all type player. Uh, but why, why did you not have him in your draft? Yeah. I mean, there was an argument for him to, I guess I probably should have included him in my honorable mentions. Uh, he, he probably was a, he was a candidate for honorable mentions. I just left him off. I just forgot to mention him, but he is an argument. You could, he was a lottery player probably in this draft, but you know, I think for me, it was just, I guess maybe, Maybe I'm just remembering this draft a little too much. And it was the hype of Evan Turner coming out. And it was like, oh, Evan Turner is going to be like this, you know, do it all shooting guard. He's like going to be this next level shooting guard. And, and then he didn't become that. So maybe that's me just remembering those expectations and him not living up to those kind of devaluing him there. Uh, and, and I mean, and I kind of took a look at some more, if you look at some of more the advanced metrics on Evan Turner, he's, he doesn't kind of live up to even, I mean, but he, but watching him play, he was a good role player for the Sixers for a little bit and then the Celtics. Uh, so he did, he did play pretty well for like two, three years. Uh, and, and yeah. On the, he was on the Blazers, once, those, those Blazers once, once teams the, as well. Once, I guess once his expectations were tape, tapered down, he became a much better player. So yeah, he's definitely not second overall pick quality, but I think no, yeah. just looking at your picks, I think he's better than Ed Davis. Oh, no, come <laughs> on. Wow. Uh, but whatever, it's all good. <laughs> uh, another name is uh wesley johnson um so i think you know he was he had the tools couldn't put it together couldn't really shoot he bounced around um uh, so just one of those guys where it didn't work out exactly uh, ekpe udo we talked about it he was just too small uh, too scrawny too scrawny yeah. you need to get in the weight room and he never developed you know much of an offensive game uh, so just, you know, another one, uh, in the long line of horrible picks by the Warriors. So and quick, quick question for you. Was this after they had drafted Patrick O'Brien or before? I can't remember. I think it was after or before. No, I have before, to look right? this up now. Cause you're, you're making me, uh, question my, I just know the Warriors repeated the same mistake in drafting Patrick O'Brien. I just, yeah, they, they drafted Patrick O'Brien, uh, in 06. So yeah, it was a few okay. years before, few but years they just after. kept making the same mistake. It was it's like, why do you keep getting the same type of center and just the same type of player yeah undersized like him and, and then randolph. this is i think randolph yeah exactly yeah. <laughs> i don't know what they're doing tweeners they just they galaxy brained it uh the next guy uh cole aldrich so he did not uh survive our redraft he has one of the worst nicknames according to basketball reference <laughs> we call him cole I'm reading this. that's awful why would you it's awful why would you want that to be a nickname <laughs> i mean i, I, I will... doubt he picked it I, I i will give you this he did show some flashes as a nick uh when he was on the knicks for a couple of years he did show flashes but he just never developed for whatever reason he was supposed to be touted as this kevin love type player right 
you know, could shoot it, could block shots, kind of rebounder, but just never got there. Yeah, he's he's another one of those guys like the Landry Fields that were like a useful player, but not not lottery exactly uh, consideration yeah. at all. Um, the next guy is Xavier Henry. Um, so I think he only played a few years, maybe three or four years yeah. uh, in the league. Five years. Yeah, and he just had some injury issues. So you know, maybe he would have been a good player without without the injury issues. Yeah, um, and and he showed flashes when I think he bounced around a little bit and ended up on the Lakers. And he was like, he kind of showed like, oh, he can be this kind of guy that can score, or get to the basket, and then dude ruptures his Achilles, and that was the end of his playing career. Yeah, that's again, that's a theme of this draft. Is a lot of guys that um, you know suffer some catastrophic injuries. Uh, maybe their careers aren't quite over, but they're never quite the same um and then last uh ed davis so he survived your redraft did not survive mine um he's just meh that's just <laughs> he's not just that kind of player he's just like you know he's good he's useful uh but uh minimal upside he's just a uh, you know to me just a, a big body uh so yeah not, nothing special about him all right all right that was uh <laughs> you're offended no. no i'm not offended i i'm not I'm i wasn't a big ed davis i mean he was on, he's right there on the bubble for me so I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. All righty. So I'll go ahead and I'll, I'll recap my picks. Uh, you recap yours and then we'll, uh, we'll say goodbye. So uh, first overall pick was I had uh, Paul George going to the Washington Wizards, uh, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins going to the Sixers, second overall, uh, John Wall to the then New Jersey Nets going third overall, uh, Gordon Hayward to the Minnesota Timberwolves at fourth, uh, Greg Monroe to the Sacramento Kings at fifth. Evan Turner to the Golden State Warriors at sixth. Derek Favors to the Detroit Pistons at seventh. Patrick Patterson to the Clippers at eighth. Eric Bledsoe to the Jazz at ninth. Uh, Lance Stevenson to the Pacers at 10th. Avery Bradley to the then uh, New Orleans Hornets uh, at 11th. Hassan Whiteside to the Memphis Grizzlies at 12th. Al Farouk Aminu to the Toronto Raptors at 13th. And last but not least, uh, Jeremy Lin to the Houston Rockets at 14. All right. Um, I had Paul George going number one to the Wizards. I had John Wall going two to the 76ers. Gordon Hayward going three to the Nets. DeMarcus Cousins going four to the Timberwolves. Eric Bledsoe going five to the Kings. Greg Monroe going six to the Warriors. Hassan Whiteside going seven to the Pistons. El Farouk Aminu going eight to the Clippers. Lance Stephenson going nine to the Jazz. Derek Favors going 10 to the Pacers. Larry Sanders going 11 to the Hornets. Patrick Patterson going 12 to the Grizzlies. Avery Bradley going 13 to the Raptors. Ed Davis going 14 to the Rockets. All right. So that, that's it for our show today. So let us know uh, on Instagram and Twitter uh, if we are, again, uh, if we got this wrong, if we got it right, uh, let us know. We want to hear your thoughts. So make sure to uh, you know follow and subscribe. Uh, to our pages on uh, Instagram and Twitter at 4040visionpod. Uh, make sure to check us out uh, on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Overcast, wherever you get your pods. 